right. All right. All right. Good evening, everybody. Come on in. Come on in. Make yourselves comfortable tonight in this space. We are excited to have you here. Listen, as I always say, this space is for all those who are dreamers and visionaries and entrepreneurs and those who consider themselves creatives. It's, this place is for all of you who are anomalies, those who have water walker potential tonight. And I'm just glad you are spending your evening with us. Can I just tell you right uh, up front that your presence tonight is not by accident? Can I say that again? Your presence is not accidental. God ordained that our paths would cross this evening for a unique purpose that I know is going to be revealed throughout this broadcast. And so before we begin, as I always do, I'm going to ask a few of my friends, as many of you as can and as possible, to take a moment and like and comment and share this broadcast. We know that uh, if you haven't done so already, go ahead and let us know in the chat where you're viewing from. I'm always excited to see the scope of our audiences. I, I mean, it, our audiences are beginning to span from coast to coast. And one of the surest ways to be a witness tonight is to respond in the comment section. I mean, in addition, you can show your agreement by liking and loving points uh, that you hear throughout tonight's broadcast. We want tonight's broadcast to get to as many people as possible. And the very simple act of liking or commenting and sharing this broadcast on your own page could change the very trajectory of someone's life. Come on. And so I'm just excited that we're going to change the trajectory of someone's life, life tonight. And I'm asking you, if you can, go ahead and like, comment and share. So listen, similar to last month, I want to answer the question that's often asked to, uh, asked of me, and that is, what is Think Big? Well, this Think Big Revival is a virtual space. It's it's for the full, conscious, and active participation of all kingdom-minded people, young and old, powerless and powerful, newcomer, and as well as lifelong worshipers. Through the Think Big, we are led beyond ourselves to give ourselves away for ministry and the ministry needs of our local community and the world. One of the hallmarks of Think Big is its potential to mine the riches of our scriptures for deeper encounters with the message of the gospel, where true purpose and destiny in him is found. And I'm excited tonight uh, that we come full circle and full ready to do the work of ministry tonight. So let's go. As you always know, I kick it off by a quick uh, opening orientation, a quick introduction. And I want to draw our attention tonight to the 65th chapter of Isaiah. And in the 17th verse, we see these words that for I am about to create new heavens and a new earth for the former things shall not be remembered or come to an end. Now, I want to admit to you that this passage reminds me of the lyrics to the people Bryson and Regina Bell's 1992 song, A Whole New World. Um, you, you may remember it from the um, movie of Aladdin. So the lyrics say a whole new world, a new fantastic point of view. No one to tell us no or where to go or say we're only dreaming a whole new world, a dazzling place I never knew. But now from way up here, it's crystal clear that now I'm in a whole new world with you. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? Because that's what God promises for each one of us, right? A whole new world. God's promise of a whole new world has the power to change our perspective of the past and, and maybe even of the future. But for a few moments, I want to share and discuss with you uh, this idea of the present, right? Because God's promise of a whole new world means 
that we will have to come, we have to become uncomfortable with the present arrangement of our lives. I mean, one significant factor that presents uh, that prevents change from happening is that we tend to settle for whatever it is. Uh, we start to get comfortable with what is happening in the moment. Maybe because we we believe or think that the present situation is the best we can hope for or all that we can get offered. Sometimes, let's be honest, um, we hope our hope sometimes hurts so much, maybe hurts too much, and we don't even want to be disappointed again. But I also understand that there is a reality we are often not prepared to face. And that is this. Watch this. That the reality is that dealing with uh, that, that in, in this life, we're going to deal with a God that is disruptive. Come on, y'all. A God that is disruptive. I mean, God enters abruptly, suddenly, unexpectedly, quickly, literally invading the spaces of our weariness. I mean, God breaks in. He intrudes. He intervenes into a messy situation of our lives. And the prophet Isaiah relates that by saying right there in verse number 17, I'm about to create new heavens. I'm about to create a new earth. Uh, Yes, something new, a whole new world. The language of Isaiah brings Genesis to mind. And therefore, we must correct a possible misunderstanding about what it took place or what took place in the creation account. Some have described what took place. Uh, in creation as God created something out of nothing, right? I mean, and, but that may not be an accurate description. What in fact happened in the creation account is that God brought order to an already existing reality. And what we see in, crea- in the creation account is that God cre- uh, God's creative acts makes use of the raw material for new purposes. Ooh, that's beautiful to me because his capacity to create Yes, to bring order out of chaos is to take the raw material of my messy life and find new purposes for it, uh, for, for it. And to me, that's mind blowing. Why? Because God has the power to create a whole new world. No matter what the circumstance, God has the capacity and the power to create new heavens and a new earth. Now, watch this, y'all. We have to first become uncomfortable with the present arrangement of things as a prerequisite um, to, to understand that when we refuse to settle, God brings or begins to create a whole new world for us. I think that's what Thomas Hawkins in The Unexpected Power of the Psalm suggests. Well, he said, as an artist paints in oils upon a canvas, he or she or they occasionally corrects an error by painting over it with another design. The canvas is just too expensive to toss aside because a mistake has been made upon it. Ooh, I don't know about you, but don't you know that God is investing in all of us and that he's not throwing any, uh, throwing away none of us so that, 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 that we can all be what he wants us to be in the end. So listen, I know a person tonight who understands the, about the awesomeness, the full portrait uh, of God, and I want to welcome her all the way um, to here to the Think Big tonight. Would you help me welcome to the platform all the way uh, here tonight, this, uh, the Reverend uh, Renita Green, everybody. Come on, let's put our hands together and ex- receive her as she comes. Hi, good evening. Thanks for having me tonight. I'm glad to have you. Ooh, you spoke a word there. A whole word. Yes. <laughs> if we have the power to dream, right? Yeah. God can do it. God can do it. And I believe God can do it. Absolutely. I so much agree. Yes. Listen, so you see on the very bottom of our screen, right, uh, that that uh, Pastor Green's um, website is there. And in this space, we don't 
uh, read a full bio of people. We, we just point you to the website and you can go and learn more. In this space, we, we, we learn more about our speakers by asking them three questions to get under the hood of their thinking, to get under the hood of their journey, to get under the hood of where they really think that we as kingdom minded people ought to be going. And so I'm very excited to ask you three questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> well, the first question we've been asking every Think Big um, session is what is essential and timeless in your own faith journey? Yeah. So my personal theology that guides my life is just a phrase. Um, hey, Reverend Brandy, it is loving out loud. Hmm. And this is a hashtag. It is something that our whole community is repeating. Um, and for me, what this means um, Somebody said once uh, when we were talking about doing ministry and she said, well, we love everybody. And um, I was talking about people who were not being included. And she's like, well, we love everybody. I'm like, well, if the people who we love don't know that we love them, then loving them is for ourselves. It's wow. not for them. Wow. Wow. And and we have to love so loud um, that our, our love pierces through the darkness of people's lives. We, we have to love so loud that that it's heard through the cacophony of voices that surround us on our daily um, path. And, and if our love is, is just between us and God, our relationship should be personal, but it's not private. And if our relationship with God is so private that people don't even know it exists or don't know how it came into being, then that relationship is selfishness and we're hoarding God. And, and, and that's not what we're called to do. Um, you know, Jesus was love made flesh. If we believe that God is love and that Jesus was the incarnation of, of God, then, then God wrapped God's self up, love wrapped up in flesh and came to this earth and dwelled among us so that we would know what real love is like and what love does. Love speaks truth to power. Love meets people where they are. Love walks a journey alongside folks. Love challenges people to be their very best. Love humbles themselves for the sake of others. Love doesn't have to be right all the time. Love presses back. This is what love is. And, and when we do love and we be love, when we be love, we don't have to worry about whether we're doing love because we just be. And being is what we're called to do. Be. Wow. 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 <laughs> That's powerful. I mean, it's powerful that, that, that you use the word cacophony of sounds. Like there's so many voices going out so that, many. You know, that, that, that claim to represent God, claim to represent the message of, of Jesus. Uh, and, but it just makes me think, how do we get to the point? Right. And this is not the question, but I'm just thinking out loud. Like, how do we get to the point that we can love out loud in a way that people see Jesus and, and, and not all of the cacophony of sounds that we have have, have been hearing um, throughout our, our journey, our own personal journeys? Wow. Yeah. And part of the key to that is loving people with the love that they need. Mm. You know, love cannot be prepackaged. You know, there's no one way or right way. Each person has their own individual needs and a community has needs of its own. And when we love people with what they need, that's what love is. Often we, we, we think, well, we only have this to give. And that's not true. You know, we are challenged uh, to, um, um, to, 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 to enter into a person's life, just like, just like you talked about God did. Just <laughs> enter into this chaos, chaos and say, now here's order. And this order is love. So it doesn't matter. You can be a complete mess. You know, here's what love looks like. Wow. You know, whatever, whatever it is that you need in this moment, that's what love is. Wow. I love that. that that's, that's the thing that's, that, that you don't want to change. It's the thing that's timeless. It's the thing that's essential. 
It is what what we have to, to what you hold on to. And I think there are a lot of people who are probably waiting. I think so many people are waiting to be affirmed and to be loved and to be, you know, not not despite of, but uh, not because of, but despite of. We want to be loved. So I love that. And how about because of? Not okay. just okay. that, but because yeah. of, because who you are, okay. I love Ooh. you. Ooh. <laughs> because of who you are, my my um, I have a I have a favorite mystic, a favorite monk, <laughs> Thomas Merton. Are you familiar with Thomas yeah. Merton? So Thomas Merton, um, I'm trying to find his quote because I always butcher it, um, but but Thomas Merton says that when we love people for. Um, when we expect people to conform into our image, then what we've loved is our reflect the reflection of ourselves that we find in them. But when we love them for who they are, then that's what authentic love is. That's my my rendition of what he said. Wow, wow. that's powerful. That's powerful. That would change the whole world, right? Yeah, right? The absolutely. Song, the song said, "What the love world needs now, right? It's love, <laughs> love. No, not just for some, but for everyone." Yeah. I love it. I love it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's what's essential and timeless in your own faith journey. The second question is, what then is dated in our ministry of thinking or maybe our ministry approaches uh, that needs to be discarded? And I always say in, in, across every one of these, these um, think bigs is that there are some things that are literally crying out, toss me. <laughs> they, they're in the back of the refrigerator and you can smell it. That, they're, that, that It's old. Some things that are on the back, on the shelf life that I mean, on, on, in our cabinets that have reached their shelf life. For you, for you, what's dated and, and, and in terms of uh, of our ministry approaches, our ministry thinking that needs to be discarded? Um, without sounding too cliche-ish, um, othering. Mm. You know, we we other people in the church, um, and and we've got to stop that. You know, it's you know, and and it, particularly in our churches that are historic churches. Most of our churches have some family connections and roots. Um, you know, people have name recognition and legacy. And, and, and it's all about who fits into this image and this model of what was ever to be expected. And anyone who doesn't fit into that is the other. And, um, and we other people, we have gotten so well at othering people. We're, we're experts at othering people um, <laughs> that... Um, that that we don't really even realize that that's that's what we're doing. So so we decide who is and who isn't acceptable in the body of Christ, and we decide what you know what what attire is and isn't acceptable, and who a person is based upon what they wear, where they went to school, where they live, what your zip code is. Um, we 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 other people by um, examining their theologies based upon our theology. We examine we 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 decide if they're spiritual enough or holy enough based upon and without even the slightest idea that maybe we're the ones that are off <laughs> and maybe in all of our spirituality we've totally missed it and one of the things when I first came to the Amy church I was coming from like the Kojic church I kind of been hanging out in the Kojic church for a while I grew up Pentecostal and, uh, and one of my Kojic sisters she's like do they even have the Holy Spirit in that church <laughs> But I myself found myself like, I don't know what Methodists are. Are they even Christians? I don't know. <laughs> because I grew up where you were Pentecostal, yeah. 
or you you were Pentecostals, Catholics or sinners and Catholics were sinners. And that's all I knew. And, and that's how we other we 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 have that ingrained in us. And so what does the Holy Spirit look like? What does the movement of the Holy Spirit look like? What what does the sound of the, the language of the Holy Spirit look like uh, sound like? What are the words of the Holy Spirit? It's, you know, when the Holy Spirit fell, everyone spoke in a language that someone on the street could understand. And it didn't sound like, oh, thou with art so lovely. I mean, sometimes folk need to hear some raw stuff that, you know, starts with F and ends with you. I don't know. Sometimes that's holy. You know? <laughs> Sorry. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> but, 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 but what does it mean? You know, what does it mean to be inclusive? What, what is that look like? And, and the church, um, we have got to stop um, cutting people off because we don't know them or understand them. Wow. All right. You are so in line with so many other speakers that have come about the idea of how do we allow people to show up as their full, authentic self and provide space <clears throat> for them in, 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 in multiple ways. And I think like, oh, this is the, God is speaking uh, again in the same ways. So listen. Uh, yeah. You know, we talk about what what we want to hold on to, what's essential, what's timeless, what's dated. It just needs to be discarded and tossed out. But then we, you know, leave us with a really interesting question then. Then what must be created that's necessary if we're going to be able to think big or even bigger in God? What's what's your opinion is just essential and and, uh, not essential. What what must be created then for us to think uh, big in God? Authentic compassion. Uh, Matthew 9, 36 says that when he saw the crowds. He was moved with compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And compassion, that word compassion means empathy with action. And so when Jesus saw people, he didn't see them as sinners who needed to be redeemed necessarily. Um, Jesus saw them as harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Now, what, what, what is harassing the people in our communities? What is harassing the people in our families? What is harassing the people in our church? And when we can look and see people through the eyes of how systemic harassment has shattered their lives and brought them to the place, this isn't a drug dealer. This is a person who has been so harassed by the system that this is the alternative that they have. This isn't a, a drug addict, but this is a person who has been so harassed by the system, by by anger, by hurt, by pain, by historic, familial, all of that crap. And when we can see through through the eyes of, of Jesus, when we see through those eyes of love and say, okay, now, now I have empathy. Now, what is my action? And that brings us to our Micah 6, where the scripture says to do justice, to love mercy and walk humbly. We don't. <laughs> Have, we don't have the luxury of justice or mercy. We have to feed the hungry and speak to the powers that are creating the yeah. hunger. We don't have the luxury of having recovery ministry or dealing with, with drug policies and laws and the criminalization of, of, of substance um, disorders. You know, we have to do both. Our ministries have to be both and compassion, empathy with action. Mm. We have to be moved by that. We have to see people in their brokenness and, and like sheep without a shepherd. Well, where's the shepherd? Where has the shepherd been? We spend so much time 
in the church thinking that's what a shepherd does. But shepherds lived outside. Shepherds didn't stay in the house. Shepherds weren't in the barns. Shepherds were in the fields. Wow. And, and so, so if we're going to not be guilty of leaving the sheep without a shepherd, we're going to have to be where the sheep are. And, and that's part of that othering is that we have so convinced ourselves that the sheep are the one who are in the pews. And, and that might not necessarily be where all the sheep are, wow. that people who are not in the pews are also sheep and they've been left without a shepherd. And, and, and so now what are we going to do? What, what do we feel ourselves called to? Now, we as the pastors are not relegated, the only ones who are the shepherds, because every person we believe in the priesthood of all believers. And that that is where each member of a church who sees themselves as as the sheep of Christ also must then take on uh, that that responsibility and that role to be those ones in the streets um, where where the people are in the field, wherever that is. And so that's what I think needs to be created is authentic compassion. Wow. We're really seeing each other through the eyes of Christ and and feeling with God's heart and acting in liberation and justice. Mm. We can give the benediction right there. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just thinking how simple that seems and necessary, but yet it almost seems opposite from what so many congregations are doing. Oh man, Lord forgive us. We have a group that meets in our church. They're a yeah. harm reduction group and they couldn't find a home anywhere. Nobody that the recovery community is so afraid that people are not going to want to be in recovery because, because we talk about harm reduction. Harm reduction just says that, you know, I know you're not clean and sober, but we want you alive and you can't get sober if you're dead. So let's let's talk about using in a way that keeps you alive. And here's some Narcan. And we're a Narcan drop site. We're not you can come to our church and get Narcan. And um and that that is loving out loud. That is being where the sheep are, not leaving people. And everyone who comes to these group meetings in our church and has connection. They're not even all necessarily Christians. Yeah, sure. They're agnostic. They're atheists. They've been hurt by the church. They're they're out there. They're finding their own way. But you know what? I, I believe in a God who believes in us even when we say we don't believe in God. Yeah. And so we don't need people to believe in God and believe our message for us to be God in their lives. And yeah. so that's that's what I believe needs to be created. When when people can really find safe space without expectation, no strings attached. This is God's house. This is not my auditorium. This is God's house. This isn't my nonprofit to run. This is God's house. This isn't my club to offer memberships to. This is God's house. This isn't my institution right, right. to collect membership dues. This is God's house. And if it really is God's house, then all God's children got a place to come home. And if we don't allow people, all people to have the same level of comfort and access, then it isn't God's house. It's our building that mm -hmm. we allow God to visit from time to time. And we're not willing to say that. Allow house to visit. From, from time to time. God. Wow. Well, listen, I got to release you. This is so you can speak <laughs> a little bit. Talk about a that, that disrupt. You have disrupted tonight. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. <clears throat> okay. Look, we're going to release this preacher word and, and 
and, and just go from there because we're excited about you being here tonight. And so we're going to um, just have a word of prayer that we always have. Um, let's just pray. Father, we invite you to be in this worship with us tonight. And we just pray that everything be divinely orchestrated according to your will and to your purpose tonight. We pray that everything we do, everything that Pastor Renita says tonight points others back to you. I mean, illuminate and awaken the spirit in each of us. We want you to be magnified in our ears and magnified in our hearts and magnified in our eyes. As Pastor Green uncovers the richest richness of your word, we pray that that we be convicted of our sins, that the very idols of our hearts would be revealed and that we'd all be captivated and encouraged by your loving kindness and your tender mercy. Use her to proclaim a living word to a dying world. The power of your gospel saves unbelievers and stirs the affections of believers even more toward you who are the Christ God. So show forth your wonder tonight in miraculous ways. And we believe it's already done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Pastor Green, my sister, preach a big word tonight. Yes. Amen. Well, again, thank you for the invitation to meet you in this space. Now, wait, the words of my mouth and thoughts of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Tonight, I want to share just a few minutes from the subject, the audacity to believe, the audacity to believe. Isaiah 54, 1 through 2, sing, O barren one who did not bear, burst into song and shout, you who have not been in labor for the children of the desolate woman will be more than the children of her that is married, says the Lord. Enlarge the sight of your tent and let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Don't hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes for you will spread out to the right and to the left and your descendants will possess the nations and will settle the desolate town. The audacity to believe. I love this word audacity. To be audacious is to take bold risks. To be audacious also means to be rude or disrespectful. I can't help but believe that it is impossible to take bold risks without somebody believing you to be rude and disrespectful. I mean, how did they have the audacity to do that? You do something big. She's got the audacity to think she can be there, be in that spot, say this, do that, audacity. When I think about audacity or audaciousness, I think about the prophets of old who took the risk of speaking the word of God to a stubborn and hard-hearted people. Moses knew that the Hebrews weren't trying to hear him at all. He asked God, who do you want me to tell them sent me? They ain't going to listen to me. Moses had the audacity to believe God, to return to a land he fled, to stand before the people that he had been set apart from and face a Pharaoh he had rejected. When I think about audacity, audaciousness, I think about a woman named Isabella Bomfrey, an early American abolitionist, 
a woman's rights activist. She escaped slavery with her infant daughter and then had the audacity to sue the white farmer, the slave owner, so that she could get her son. She was the first black woman to to win a case against a white man. She had the audacity to believe that God called her to testify of the hope that was in her. In 1851, she had the audacity to believe that she was equal to any other woman or man, as a matter of fact and stand before hundreds and ask the question, ain't I a woman? In 1843, she had the audacity to change her name to name herself Sojourner Truth. When I think about audacity, audaciousness, I think about about Richard Allen and Absalom Jones and those who had the audacity to walk out of St. George's Methodist Episcopal Church and audaciously believe that, that there could be a church born out of the struggle for humanity. I think about Jarena Lee who had the audacity to believe that she was called to preach and in one year alone traveled 2,325 miles preaching some 178 sermons audacity, the audacity to believe, the audacity to take bold risk, to risk being the one they call rude and disrespectful. Isaiah, Isaiah had the audacity to believe that he heard God. Isaiah had the audacity to believe that God spoke to him and through him. Isaiah had the audaciousness to go before the people and declare, thus saith the Lord. The people rejected Isaiah's warnings and found themselves fulfilling Isaiah's prophecies. During a season of captivity, God sent Isaiah to speak a word of hope to the people. Uh, When they're when we're in a season of captivity and, and you live long enough, you're going to be in captivity. My, my Nana said, everybody got their day in the barrel. There, there will come the time when, 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 when we're in a season of captivity. And in that time, we need a word of hope. Captivity will have you feeling weak. Despair speaks up, feeling exhausted, and you'll feel like giving up. The instinct in captivity is to lament, to complain, and maybe even cuss a little bit. We've been in a season of captivity. The pandemic has been like captivity, has kept us away from our routines, our families, our work, our church, our fun. And this past presidency, it sure was like captivity. Created trauma, incited violence, emboldened hate, filled hearts, brought the worst out of humanity, and we haven't been able to escape it yet. But sometimes relationships can can be a type of captivity and and not not just romantic relationships, but but sometimes those those familial relationships, those ones you didn't choose that just got imposed on you. Jobs that we have overstayed our season in can sometimes be a type of captivity. And, and, And we can put ourselves in captivity with our limited thoughts of who we're supposed to be. Uh, Maybe that comes from being told that we're too much or not enough or told to be quiet when we were designed to speak. Abuse, neglect, ridicule, shame, all kinds of holdups and hookups can, can be captivity for our souls. Captivity was all some Israelites knew and some didn't expect to live a life that would be ever anything different. Maybe they were getting too settled in, just making it through. 
Have you ever just made it through and made it through so much that you thought making it through was really doing something? <laughs> Ooh, we can just make it through. If we can just make it through and we can spend our lives and all of our energy just making it through. God sent Isaiah to stir within the people of Israel the audacity to believe that trouble really don't last always, that there is something more, something greater, better days ahead. But in the meantime, until the breakthrough comes, the prophet came to the people with a word of encouragement, empowerment, and instruction. He told them to praise, prepare, and produce. Here's what, here's what Isaiah said. Uh, while while you're waiting on your change to come, uh, you got to praise. Sing, O Israel. Fill the air with song. Isaiah told the people to praise in their situation, not when they came out, but right then and there. He encouraged them to praise God for what God has already done, but also for what God was fitting to do. You're going to end up with more. So praise God now. Sing, not because everything is already all right, but sing because you have the audacity to believe that everything is gonna be all right. Praise, uh, sing because, sing because, not because, not because we, we, we got it already, but, but the joy already, but sing because, because we can make it through the night and, and they have the audacity to believe that joy is going to come in the morning light. Sing, oh Israel, sing, fill the air with song. There's struggle right now, but we have the audacity to believe for restoration and increase is on the way. So praise God in your meantime. Praise God in advance. Praise God from this point until you get to this point. Praise God because your change is going to come if you have the audacity to believe. And while you are waiting on your change to come, Isaiah told the people to prepare. God told Israel to clear lots of ground, not just one plot of ground, but lots of ground. Israel, you're going to need a lot of room, God said. Clearing the grounds is to remove shrubs, rocks, boulders, and anything that would obstruct the placements of the tents. Have you ever been camping? Know that, that, that when you pitch your tent, you don't pitch your tent on rocky grounds. When you're building a structure, you don't build your structure on rocky grounds. You clear the lots. And similarly, we must clear our personal grounds, prepare. We must clear some stuff if we're going to be ready for the uh, make room for the growth that God is sending. Preparation is the audacity to believe that God's word is certain and sure. His promises are yes and amen. So we got to get to it. We got to clear our relationships. It's time to cut ties with those who are not growing. And I know that's going to hurt some of y'all's feelings, but some of y'all out here cannot grow because you are intertwined with those who refuse to grow. Not those who are striving to grow, but for those who don't think they have anywhere to grow or any wherewithal to grow. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't hang out with them from time to time. And that doesn't mean that you have to do what I said earlier. We're not up 
othering them. Uh, what we're doing is, is we're cutting our roots from them so that we have the opportunity to grow. It's like this. If you've ever seen a hot air balloon go up, uh, the hot air balloon can only go up so far until the ropes are untied. And if we are, are, are going to have the audacity to, to believe that God is yes and amen, that God's promises are certain and sure, we got to be ready. And we can't be ready tied to things that aren't getting us anywhere. We got to clear some stuff out. And, and, and for some of us, we got to clear our schedules. Uh, we can be so worn out and so busy that there isn't energy or room to do the new thing that God has in store for us. Uh, we can get so comfortable in all of our to-dos or find our identity in our busyness. I used to think uh, that if I wasn't busy, I wasn't pleasing God. I used to think that the only way to really truly please God is, is to constantly be doing something. It was like I was trying to earn my keep on this earth. Uh, but but folks, I, I, I want to say to you tonight that we cannot earn our keep, that there is nothing we can give to God that, that, that will return to God uh, what the good the, of the grace and the goodness that God has given to us. The only thing we can do is be faithful. The only thing we can do is be available. We can't earn our way into heaven and we can't earn our way into God's heart. But the other side of that is also is that nothing separates us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Nothing separates us. And because nothing separates us, we don't have to worry about doing enough for God. God to love us because we've done enough. God loved us before we ever came to this earth. God loved us be before we were a twinkle in our mama's eye. God loved us before daddy said, hey, baby, to our mama. God loved us and God still loves us. And there's nothing, nothing we can do to change that. And, and so we can clear our schedules. We, we don't we, just because we can do all things through Christ doesn't mean we're supposed to do all things. We can lay some stuff down and allow the presence of God to be made new in us, to find out who we really are and have an opportunity to go higher, to grow more. And, and if we're going to be ready uh, for, for this thing, this change to come in preparation, we've got to clear our hearts. We, we can't erect new tents with old jug grudges. Uh, we can't, we can't go into a new space with animosity. We can't go into a new space with the same doubts. We can't go into this new land with our pride or our low self-esteem. We can't go into that new space and be that new person and do that new thing. If we're, if we're coddling all the old stuff, we've got to clear our hearts. And we got to clear our finances. We got to be ready. Unnecessary expenses, clear. Clear debts. Start saving. Start investing. Clean up your credit. So when God says it's time to go, you're ready to go without a bunch of heavy burdens that you're taking along with you. Clear it up. Clear our spirit. Clear our spirit of disappointment and disillusionment and expectation. Clear lots of ground, oh Israel, clear it up, church, clear it up. There's a struggle now. But if we have the audacity to believe that we're going to possess the land, 
Woo! Clear it up. Clear that land. Get ready. Get ready for the thing that God is trying, waiting to do in your life. And while we are waiting for our change to come, uh, we've got to produce. Uh, We can't just be stagnant. Uh, The word says to spread out, to think big. Uh, The Israelites have been living in homes and makeshift tents and temples that, that were just big enough for them. Therefore, no more. But God said increase is on the way. God instructed them to make room for those who are not already there. If our churches are to grow, we've got to look and see who's not here, who's missing. And I'm not talking about Sister Martha that got mad at the preacher. And I ain't talking about Brother Jim who, 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 who's mad at all the preachers. But who's not there? What demographic of people are not there? What, what group of people are not there? Are the children there? Are the, are, are the young adults there? Are, 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 are the street folks there? Are the folks there without any money? Are there are the folks there without any political connections? Are the folks there without the proper church clothes? Are the folks there without the proper church etiquette? Who's missing? Who's missing from our groups? Uh, is our are people in the LGBTQ community there? Are are people who are differently abled? Are they there? Are the blind there? Are the deaf there? Who's there? Who's missing? And why are they missing? Have we made space? Is there room? Is there room in our hearts? Is there room in our buildings? Does our building look like we want people who aren't already there? We're talking about stretching and spreading out, about being more than who we are, about doing more than what we've already done. Who's missing? And where are they? And what are we going to do? What are we willing to sacrifice? What are we willing to change? Who are we willing to become so that those who are not there have space? in our place who who what are we willing to do to to really make god's house for all god's people spread out think big as a church we must think bigger than we can see with our natural eyes god is calling us to stretch to stretch our reach to stretch our beliefs i know you believe what you always believe because that's what you were told to believe and i know that those beliefs feel faithful I know to believe something else or to even try to believe something else makes you wonder if you're going to hell and taking folk with you. Breathe. You're not powerful enough to take nobody to hell. You're not powerful enough to compromise anyone else's relationship with God or anyone else's salvation. And you see, I believe that when we err on the side of caution, And the side of caution when it comes to humanity is just love for all. When we're loving unrestricted, when we're loving for the sake of love, when we're loving for the one who needs love, when we're just moving about this universe and being love, woo! I don't believe that that's a God who's going to zap us. I don't believe that that's a God who's going to going to pull the big old lever and 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 get us out of heaven when our day comes. I, we're not the ones that God is going to say, "I never knew you." We're the ones that God's going to say, "Well done, thou good and faithful servant." Now enter ye into uh, the the life everlasting. 
God's calling us to stretch, stretch our faith, expand our understanding, understand our understanding of polity, a theology and community. God is calling us to open wide for those who have been abandoned, rejected, or otherwise disconnected. God is calling us. God, God is, God is calling us to be audacious. In your own life, God is calling you to think big, calling you to stretch your own imagination, to stretch your own courage. God is calling you to stretch your faith. Where have you been limiting yourself? Are you limiting yourself based upon what you were socialized into being or becoming? Are, are you limiting yourself because somebody along the way told you that you were a fool for thinking that or laughed at you somehow, some way? Stretch, stretch your imagination. Dare to believe that what you can see, that what you can imagine is only a glimpse of what God really knows. The audacity to 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 stretch to believe that God's ways are higher than our ways and that God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts what God knows about us is greater than what we believe about us the audacity to believe God the audacity to believe that God is faithful just and righteous the audacity to believe that God is with us during trying times the audacity to believe that God really intends our life to be joyful, prosperous, and whole. Do you know you're not supposed to be sad and miserable all the time? Do you know that life is not supposed to be a series, a string of struggles? Woo! The audacity to believe that God has preserved you, your community of faith for such a time as this to serve this present age, our calling to fulfill the audacity, the boldness to believe, the willingness to take risk. Are you willing to take a risk? Are you willing to risk being that one that everybody thinks is crazy? Are you willing to be that one that everybody thinks is rude and annoying and, 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 and a little bit out of their mind? Are, are you willing to be the one who, who will risk giving God praise before you really see what it is you're praising God for? Are you willing to have the audacity to believe God enough to begin to prepare yourself and prepare the ministries that, that you have been given a, a charge over? Are, are you willing to have the audacity to believe God enough enough to make room for God and to make room for others. The willingness to risk being that one. Are you willing to risk? Are you willing to be bold enough to be that one? The audacity to believe. I believe. I believe. I believe that there's so much more in us than we could ever imagine. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe because to not believe means that I think that this world is the best there is that's offered. To not believe is to believe that the crap of life is what we deserve. And it's not. Maybe your life has been hard. Maybe you've been put through the ringer. 
Maybe you've been misunderstood. Maybe you've been rejected. Maybe. Maybe. But do you know that what has been isn't isn't symptomatic? It isn't isn't what it is not symbolic of what is to be. Mm. Because what is to be, what is to be is greater than anything you could think or imagine. And the good news is that power, that power to believe, that power to 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 do things that are greater than our imagination. It's already in us. It's already there. And all we have to do is say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I believe. And maybe, maybe, maybe believing is hard. And that's true because believing gets hard sometimes. When believing is hard, that's when we pray. Like the disciples prayed, Lord, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. I want to believe, but it's hard. I want to believe, but life has knocked me down so many times. I want to believe, but my heart has been so broken. I want to believe, but I've been so disappointed. I want to believe, but I've been wrong before. I want to believe. The Holy Spirit will help you with your unbelief. And the Spirit will speak to you and through you. And for you with groanings and utterings that cannot be interpreted by human ears from your heart to God's heart, straight connection. That's how the Holy Spirit works. So if you're here today, if you're if you're listening tonight, if you're listening later on, if 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 you hear any part of this, Lord. You're ready to say, yes, Lord. I'm ready to be audacious. I'm ready to move with boldness. I'm ready to prepare. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to produce. I'm going to be, I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be ready when you send. I'm going to be ready. If that's you today, I want to pray with you. And if that's not you, I want to pray for you. Let's pray. Gracious God, the maker of all who is and was and is to come. You, God, who hold the sun and the moon and the stars in their place. You, God, who speaks light and light is so. You, God, who at the snap of your fingers, at, at, at the world comes together. You, God whose breath moves as a gentle breeze across this planet. You, God, who when your finger touches the ocean, the ocean stirs. You, God, you who send the birds to find the worms hidden deep in the earth. You, God, who send the the seagull to find the fish in the belly of the ocean. You, God, are our God. And you, God, We are asking you, God, to see, to show us the life that is hidden within us. You, God, we're asking you, God, to to show us the strength that is in the depths of our soul. You, God, we're asking you, God, to speak light, to drown out the darkness that tries 
to hide your love from our life, you God. We're asking you, God, to breathe in us new life, you God. We're asking you, God, to strengthen us in our weaknesses, to 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 open our eyes to that which we have formerly been blind or willfully ignorant, you God. We're asking you to mold us and make us after your will to breathe your power into us, you God. And we say yes to you. Yes, God, we will seek you. Yes, God, we will praise you. Yes, God, we will make room for for you. Yes, God, we'll prepare for you, for your move in our life and our community of faith. Yes, God, we will. Yes, God, we will lay our burdens down so that we might pick up our cross. Yes, God. Yes, God, we will carry for others what they cannot carry for themselves. Yes, God. Yes, God, we will, we, we, we will, we will pull those in instead of pushing them away. Yes, God, we, we will make your house a house of worship. Yes, God. Yes, God. We give ourselves away. We give ourselves away so that you, God, can, can, can use us. We relinquish our control. We relinquish control of what we don't know into the God whom we do know. And we thank you, God, for not being finished with us. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your Holy Spirit who strives with us. We we thank you, God. We thank you for loving us so much. Now help us, God, with our unbelief. Help us, God, to love you completely for the sake of the kingdom. We deposit these words into your heart, God, that they may become life in this realm of the universe. Amen. Hmm. Gosh, God bless you. I mean, that was a powerful word, transformative word. Uh, and I, I am just grateful to God that you you coming tonight was not accidental. God, God, with his providence, really brought you to this space to remind us all about what it really means to be invested in a God that's already invested in us. Mm. I'm so grateful that God does not socially distance, that God does not um, um, stay away uh, but he unmasks and comes yeah. where we need him. He is just so thank you tonight for for giving of yourself in a way that causes us to really be reminded of how we can think big in God. So I just see people already saying amen all across yeah. places from the from the East Coast to the West Coast. And we just give God praise for you. Listen, for, for many of you who we know that giving us a part of worship, you see in our in our um, first Amy Church page, we've given you opportunities to give. You can click on that link, go to our cash app or go to our, our Giveify and maybe just make a, a an offering, even $10 to sow into the ministry that's happening. And we just thank God for, for your giving already and what you shall do. We thank God for Pastor Green, uh, for the work she's done and also the work you're about to do now. And so we pray God blesses upon you uh, for what you're going to do. Somebody may be so moved tonight to do two things, to, to even uh, um, to make a decision. Maybe you want it to be saved or you want to rededicate your life. There's also a link in our chat too, uh, that, that, that if you need someone to help you on the next part of your journey, 
we God always calls us to be in community and to be to be um, to not be alone and be alienated. So click on that link. Let us know if you've made a life changing decision tonight, uh, maybe to give your life to Christ and get started on that journey, maybe to get back as you kind of been slow flowing. you tonight. Pastor Green's word stirred up in you in a way that you just feel the prickling uh, pricking to come back. Click on that link. Or maybe you're looking for a congregation to be a part of, to do God's work. Um, we have many congregations. Click on that link. Click the link so we can certainly connect you. Pastor Green, thank you so much for this. God thank bless you. you is our prayer in Jesus' name. And to all of you, God bless you and good night. Amen. Bless you. Thank you for joining tonight's Think Big Virtual Revival. We hope that you are blessed by tonight's broadcast, and we invite you to like and follow our First AME Church Kansas City Facebook page to stay informed about future events. Technology, production, and management services for the Think Big Virtual Revival have been provided by Velf Creative Designs and Events, the one-stop shop for your graphic promotional design, event and planning consultation, video editing and production, and program with management technology needs. Be blessed.